Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Just walk with your head up high. Don't be afraid. Just take it one step at a time. Don't give up on your dreams no matter how small. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is October 3rd, 2017. Uh, We have a really fantastic guest with us today. It's Wendy McIntyre. Wendy is a mother and an activist and a uh, president of a nonprofit that she created for her son, Jared, who um, sadly died in a sober living called The Safe House, and we are going to talk about uh, what Wendy's journey, as she has, um, this happened back in 04, so we're talking 13 years now, all the work that she's done and what she's uncovered, and um, she's talked to me extensively about all this, so without any uh, further wait, I'm going to bring her on right now, so here we go. Hi, Wendy, welcome to the show. Hi, Monica. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm good, thanks. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, and I am so appreciative that we finally got a chance to do this. I've known you for for a while, and I've been watching you, and and all the bravery that you have shown has been an inspiration to me. Thank you. Thank you. I can't believe that we haven't done this. I know. I do recall being at your... Your uh, your premiere, which was very powerful, you know. Thank and you. again, it's you know you, you know there there are certain people in the world that either you, you stand for something or you fall for everything. And you know you you taking on some of the the biggest challenges of today is it's very important because you know knowledge is power, and yeah, that's one thing is. you have Thank a lot you. of. Thank you, dear. So do you. Uh, I. You know, I was thinking that when you were here and we were interviewing and all the the women and um, our one pilot who was, you know, uh, Skyped, that we could all do a meeting via Skype. And if we, one couldn't Skype, we could just put it, patch it in on a phone. But with Karen and myself and everybody who was involved or anybody who could be involved, if we had a meeting on the phone, we could really put our heads together because it's like we're, it is a huge monster. It's a hu- and, and the part about the sober living and, the rehab fraud has only really been clarified to me 
uh, in the more recent. Like I knew things were bad and that they were just getting AA, you know, they weren't getting treatment, but I didn't know mm-hmm. this side of it. So why don't we go ahead and dive right in and um, we'll start with just, you know, maybe the first question, which is why did you start advocating for others? Okay, well, unfortunately, you know, I got that phone call that no parent wants. And uh, as a result of that phone call, I just wanted to crawl into bed and stay there. You know, you don't yeah. ever plan on, on burying your kid. Um, so after a while, um, I decided that I needed to become better and not bitter and and start asking the tough questions as to why my kid died and why I didn't get a phone call and why I didn't get a a flower or a card or why did this guy who owned the place who was a sponsor not show up at his funeral and so it really bugged me and so I started to do some digging and what I discovered sort of shocked me and mm-hmm. you know I realized that it's you know the the wild wild west mm-hmm. and uh and as a result of my journey and and having to take it on by myself you can just sort of google mighty you can you can type in sober living death and my name comes up. So, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, my phone rings off the hook. So I dedicate and I'm dedicating the rest of my life to find out a way to save lives and and to help other you know parents that have unfortunately gotten that phone call too. Wow. So let's just um, talk about the just your nonprofit. I want to give it a plug. Okay. So it's called Jared's Law. Is it? Can right, you just talk right. about it and, and give, tell people where to go on the internet? Let's say your name is Wendy McIntyre, spelled M small C capital E N T Y R E. Okay. So go ahead and plug the different places you're on Facebook and your own webpage. Correct. Yeah. I have a website. It's jaredslaw.org. And uh, it is a nine, it's a nonprofit, 501C. And it was it was originally uh, you know it started to shine the light on the treatment process, and highlighting you know what's working and what's not working, and trying to advocate for what is proven effective, not what's currently unproven out there, and mm-hmm. to change laws to provide effective oversight of the drug treatment industry, which really places profits over people, and mm-hmm. uh, to hold the uh, existing drug treatment and detox centers accountable for violating the rights of drug addicts and their families because you know they're they're these are these are disabled people they have the rights of the disabled yet they're treated like trash mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. as in so and so i started the nonprofit in the beginning like me i didn't have the money to bury my child so in the beginning jared's law tried oh. to help that help in that regard and uh, direct people to grief support um and and really you know talk people off the wall and it would you know break my heart but I've mm-hmm. been there and you really do you have to walk through it with somebody so you know in the beginning it was a lot of that and then as years went by I would get the phone calls from these parents that not only had you know not planned for their you know child's burial but they had been bilked out of all their dollars and 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 convinced that they needed to mortgage their home and pull out their 401k. Yeah. So not only do they not have the money to bury their child, now they're homeless and their homes foreclosed on. So it's tragic the way that right. um you know this it, it's you know addiction isn't just destroying families. It's the it's the billion 100 billion dollar industry behind it that's destroying families. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like after everybody was here and then left, uh, you know, it was a couple of days of like, uh, obviously it was very sad. Like McCarran and I like were just 
uh, it was just unbelievable the amount of emotion that we felt from, the, you know, there were three mothers, right? One was Skyped and there were two mothers in my house who had right. their children are dead um, because of the system. And, um, you know, it was just really, really shocking to me. Um, one of the things that I would like to do, and I think you could do it, and you tell me if you are, I think you are an expert at this by now, but let's let's tell the uh, the lay people out there, what is the difference between a rehab and a sober living, and how much mm-hmm. uh, oversight is on both of them, and who oversees them? So can we start right. with a real, like a real rehab, a rehab, like you know, so right? Can, would you can say that you're Let, yeah, an is... expert on both, or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could say so. Um, I I got involved with the uh, Department of Drug and Alcohol back in 2005, and I, you know, back then I was just this mom that had a a pot and a wooden spoon, and I was sort of ignored because at the time sober living was, mm-hmm. yeah, it's federal housing, we don't handle that shit, and mm-hmm. so. I realized that there was a complete gap. Now, in 2012, the Department of Drug and Alcohol disbanded, and all right. of the functions were shoved into the Department of Healthcare Services, which is the oversight agency that oversees treatment facilities. And what I discovered there is just unbelievably shocking, and I discovered mm-hmm. it because I personally have delivered 20-plus uh, dead bodies to them from a treatment facility, and they've done absolutely nothing. In wow. my opinion, it's willful ignorance, in my opinion. Uh, the state needs to take a long and hard look at what it is that they're doing. And I'll give you a slice Mm. of what it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're split down the middle, and you've got two sides. You've got one side that's audits and and investigation, and that's where you go if you are in the process, if you take any kind of government dollars. But what's happened is over the years, um, the, the lobbying and the people in the industry, they've, pre- they've presented themselves to the Department of Health Care Services as uh, a, a nonprofit treatment facility, like Betty Ford's a nonprofit. So in the minds of the wow. department, they're nonprofit. Wow. And, and wow. that Betty in their mind makes them. Right, right, right. So they think that they don't have money, which is not the case. And even nonprofit can make tons and billions of money. So the truth is, is that as a result of that, that, that ignorance, um, mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. has happened is that it apparently used to be $175 per bed per uh, every two years. That's what the state was collecting, and and we're talking about a six-bed uh, residential housing detox mm-hmm. facility because that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You've got a residential detox housing facility, and then you have a sober living home where people, quote, unquote, sleep at night where you don't need a license. So you need a license if you're going through a detox and they're giving you your 15 medications, which you get when you arrive. But the, the thing is, is that there's a little bit of a distinction there. Now, what the problem is this, is that the treatment facility is charging $6,000 a day for that bed, yet the state's only collecting the it used to be 175 now it's $324 for that bed every 2 mm-hmm. years now that presents a problem and the problem is is because you're on the side of substance use division because you're allegedly not taking a government dollar the 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 differences are 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 drastic because you don't have investigators you have analysts 
who have no teeth whatsoever. So you've got 16 analysts for mm-hmm. over you know, 2,000 treatment facilities that are licensed. And let's talk about that license, the license that's required. Well, it's only required if you're at the detox, and it's only required at the day center where you mm-hmm. are getting your day-to-day treatment. Now, that's where they require a license. Now, the 30 other little houses that are in your neighborhood and my neighborhood and everywhere is around um, where they, quote-unquote, sleep at night, which is what the state believes, they're not mm-hmm. licensed. What does that mean? It means that uh, they can't walk in there, they can't go in there, and they don't count those deaths. And I, I to put it wait, in... Wait, 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 that's well, outrageous. That's outrageous. Right. In its simplistic form, it's like saying, you know, Monica, you've got health insurance, but it's only good Monday, Tuesday, Thursday afternoon, and Sundays. It's ridiculous. And and you know what? The the thing that, that I'm I'm working on getting changed is this thought and this, this idea that they're not providing a licensable service. So therefore, and, and how do they get away with it? Because in my opinion, uh-huh. this is what happens. You go into a treatment facility, these luxury treatment facilities, and you're on one drug, or you're trying to get off a drug, and they put you yeah. on 15 new ones. So as a result of that and, and the fact that the state doesn't even require a, you know, a licensed nurse to be in that detox, just a medical assistant, you're dealing with people dying in the first 72 hours in detox because of all the counterindications of the medications and all that other hor- horrifying stuff that happens. Now, the state, when somebody dies, they get notified if they're in the detox. Now, how do they get around it? What's the loophole? The loophole is this licensable service. Now, in my opinion, if you're handing out, you know, uh, somebody 24 pills a day and, and, and twice a day in the morning and at night, they're being ha- given to them at that place where they, quote, unquote, sleep at night. Well, if you were to take those pills and put them in a cup, that's a licensable service. But if you hand the addict their bottle and you say you open it up yourself and you like you write in the book yourself – with like, you know, after, which is ridiculous. Therefore, they are avoiding what is called a licensable service. Now, that in my mind is absolutely ridiculous, and it needs to change. There's no reason why they can't be charging commensurate with their income so they can have proper oversight, so they don't have it, and that's yeah. the problem. Yeah, the, the other thing, that I, oh, I just remembered what uh, came to me after you guys all left my house was that my cancer, my breast cancer surgery, and treatment was cheaper than what some places, this is for bullshit rehab, where all they have is AA big book meetings, and they're driven to AA meetings, and they're driven to stupid IOP classes, uh, where they're given movies to watch 28 days, was is more expensive than a real going into surgery, being treated by doctors and nurses in a beautiful facility, I'm being taken care of. Nobody took away my phone. Nobody treated me like an idiot. Um, Nobody talked down to me. I mean, there's a lot of other problems that go on in even a place like Betty Ford or Hazleton. Um, but now I, I, the six thousand a day is high for me. So I want like a thousand a day was what Carla Brada paid when she was in Action Family out in Santa Clarita, where then she was mm-hmm. driven to a sober living community and sober living AA meeting where she met um, her killer who was a violent offender. Right? Um, where is the place that charges six thousand a day like that? I, I mean per person. Uh, that's what a, an average stay is in a detox, and that's where people stay. 
um, often because it's this isn't this is a relapse model. It's not a recovery model. So the idea yeah, is to yeah. get somebody, and the way that the the system set up, insurance pays for the first thirty days, and then you're kicked out, and then they it's a it's a it's a secular kind of thing. But again, right, the right, relapse right. part is the where the money is. But on average, then you're charged anywhere from. Uh, you know, twenty five hundred to uh, four to five thousand per day for that bed, plus 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 plus. And I'm looking myself right now at these these EOBs. You know, they're getting drug tested two three times a day at twelve hundred dollars a pop. And these are urine. Well, tests well where that, is that? Know, where are they? Where, where are they getting? They all do that. They all do that. In fact, what I've discovered in in and I've had two major investigations here in Southern California. And yeah. I found not just in these two, but many of these um, modern day crime bosses, they own their own labs. And by doing so, they're committing all sorts of crimes because they're kicking themselves back all sorts of money. But they own the, uh, they mm-hmm. own the lab and they mm-hmm. can charge whatever the hell they want to. And so, you know, on a uh, daily, you know, based on, and this is just, I'm going to preface this all by saying, in my opinion, and and based on fact, I think that people need to realize that I'm not just going to, you know, uh, get out there and start talking out of my my left ear. Um, this is all based on personal interviews and public records, and it's uh, you know people coming forward and sharing their horror stories, and I mean horror stories where people who go into these very expensive places come out ten times worse. I'm not right, kidding. Right. They're, they're, you know, well, they're, and why they're, is that? I mean, I know why it is, Wendy, but can you tell our right. listeners why that is? Well, because the truth is, is that, you know, you've got this, uh, you know, nowadays you go online and things have, things are about to change a little bit because you used to be able to go online and these crime bosses used to originally own all the words, addict, recovery. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when you went online, you got this window popping out at you and it was the body broker going, That's come, right. call, call. That's right. And right, then when right. you do, you get this slick you know, presentation and a relentless body broker that is begging you every other day that, you know, to come and that, you know, what, you, you know, your, what you've done clearly isn't working and that, you know, they really, mm-hmm. they make the parents feel just so bad and so guilty. And then mm-hmm. what they end up doing is flying them out there, which is illegal, and they pay their deductible, which is illegal. And mm-hmm. basically what they do is they put them in a program where they're druggy buggy to AA meetings and, and introduced to an interesting cult. Where and you know people seem to under you know are under this false impression that if you throw a bag of twelve steps at somebody that has a heroin problem or a meth problem, that's mm-hmm. going to have some some effect. And I can tell you from my own personal studies that um, not that I've written this particular paper, but I could. Um, you'll get the same success rate if you watch SpongeBob Pants five hours a day. Okay, so, you know, it, it, if you want to look at the numbers and the reports and what everything is based on, you know, it's not evidence-based, and no medicine is being practiced at these facilities, and this is a, yeah. an issue that I want to bring up, and it has to do with how do these people get started into this? How come it's so easy? And, you know, every single time I'm investigating, it just plays out like an American Greed episode. It is no different than, you know, the right. the, the two right. that were convicted of pill milling. Um, because why? It's, it's, it's um, very easy to get an ER doctor, a proctologist to, mm-hmm. you know, give up their license number to make $400 an hour. And, you know, they really don't care. Um, what they're getting is a lot of money 
Um, and, it, you know, they're like a trained circus monkey, the way that they're – what they're doing. And the facility owner believes in their mind that, well, it's not me. It's a doctor that's passing out the meds. I'm not – no. You are the crime boss. It's all – you know, and shit does roll downhill. And it is starting to roll downhill thanks to the FBI stepping in because right. really you've right. got – you know, nobody's doing anything. The state is scratching their balls. We've got, you know, uh, a, a, a surgeon general who has no clue. You've got the DEA who throws their hands up in the air and goes, nah, I just don't know how to. Well, look, mm-hmm. you know, I can just say that, um, look, if if I, if you broke your arm or if you had, like I said, if you had cancer and you did and, and you needed surgery, I, I there's, there's, you know, no way that I could do that. But I could do what these guys are doing, writing, right, you know, right. rubber stamping a, a prescription pad. So it really does speak of the fact that they're putting profits ahead of safety all, all, all the time. And I just know that, you know, people are willing to continue to speak and they're willing to, to come out and fight. Because, you know, when you go beyond, you know, these stories, then you get into these deaths. And, and that is why, going back to why do I do this? Because I stand in the shoes of everybody that can't speak for themselves. They, uh, unfortunately, you know, I, I, it was weird. I started getting phone calls, not just from people that were harmed, but employees. They were all wanting to tell me the whole same story. And it's the same story. It's the same uh, uh, way of getting in the, in the door and, and the treatment of, and, the, and the mistreatment of these people. And then the mistreatment of the employees, because the minute you get, mm-hmm. the minute you catch on to what the owner's doing, it's like everyone gets laid off. It's very interesting. He's done it a couple of times up here. It's just like everyone gets laid off when you start catching on to the fact that, you know, the guy that you work for is a criminal. You know, it, and I hate it when that happens. You know, I just hate it when it happens. But it does happen. Right. And what, what I realized is that, you know, people, you know, when you live in a small town, you know, they'll speak up, but they are afraid. And, you know, it's one thing I, I, I am so grateful to, to this one thing. And, I, you know, I, I've gone through a lot in my young years. Um, you know, I buried my son and then my husband and then my father in short order. So, I yeah. mean, when, you, when your life explodes in a million pieces, what I've discovered is that as you're putting yourself back together, if you can even try, um, you discover pieces of yourself that you never knew existed. And... To me, that was a turning point for me. I just realized that, oh, hey, I'm strong, I'm tempered, and I have, you can't take anything from me that will ever hurt me. So I, as a result of that, and and, and as a result of, I I could never be gagged. And I wanted the owner to take responsibility for what he did because, and unfortunately in today's day and age, you can only go after people civilly, and it's all about hitting people in the wallet. And I didn't want that person's money. I wanted to know what happened, and that was the only way I was going to get questions. Yeah, answered. so why, why were you not called? Let's, let's back up there, if you don't mind, because yeah. they do know the story, but people out there may not know it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is the name of the place? The place was called The Safe House, and boy, oh boy, as a parent, you know, the the what is. Like Arrowhead? And, and, in no, actually, it was, a, it was a place in the, the valley, in the San Fernando Valley, and the owner had three houses, and they were three-bedroom, two-bath houses, and he had 24 guys in each place. Now, um, you know, the problem with what he was doing, the biggest problem is that he was sticking men in sheds in his backyard, that he had converted these sheds into, you know, uh-huh. living quarters, 
you know, the, re, the problem is this, and as it happened with Jared, when you relapse, when relapse is a part of recovery, and you haven't used for a while, you take the same dose, you're dead. Now, what happens is when you have a heroin overdose, you know, you, the, it, it attaches to the brain receptors that regulate your breathing. And when you stop breathing, it's loud. And it bothered me because, you know, there was a fire station 30 seconds away and a hospital two blocks mm-hmm, away. And mm-hmm, back then, mm-hmm. you know, intervention wasn't on TV and, and the word Narcan or Naxalon wasn't even invented. Um, so it bothered me. It bothered me that he laid there for a long time and, and he could have been heard. He could have been helped. But, yeah. you know, I, I, again, but who sent him there? I did. I, I called around. I, I listened to the to the assurances, and I believed that. And let's get back to the original question you asked. You know, what is the difference? A sober living home, anybody can open one up. You, me, anybody today. Was this one? Don't need... Was this one, Wendy? Was this the safe house? Was that three of us of one sober living? I mean, was it a sober living? Yeah, he owned three house? of them. He cre- he owned three. D- he only owned. They were called. It was interesting. Because you were the one that taught me this. I loved it. You were like, uh, you know what? And I think it was with AA. It's like uh, every nonprofit, you can get their tax returns. I'm like, oh, okay. So I remember Uh getting his tax returns and realizing that, oh, I, 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 get the, I get the confusion now. You know, the mm-hmm. state thinks they're nonprofits because in order for them to participate in certain things, they have mm-hmm. to say they're nonprofits. So this guy lied to the IRS that he was a nonprofit when, in fact, he was just a sober living home. But you don't even need to wow. license yourself. You don't need to do anything. So what I can tell you is this, is that because it's the wild, wild west and because there are so many people who speak out, which is why I speak out, I have nothing to lose. I am not gagged. So the thing is, is that anybody who speaks up nowadays, whether it's the city council or the, the, the state or everyone, everyone's afraid of getting sued because they turn it around into a not-in-my-backyard issue, which is for also known as NIMBY. And people get sued left and right. You could be – and like this facility – I mean, I'm watching it happen in, in real time where they're killing people. They're the worst of the worst, yet they're winning uh, and settling lawsuits all over the United States because the people are trying to roll up on them. And let's get it, you know, don't get it twisted. These people are evil people, but unfortunately, by the time, you know, somebody tries to push hard enough, they get stopped with a lawsuit. Now, I'm not about, you know, this isn't about not in my backyard. This is don't, don't think you could profit off the backs of our vulnerable loved ones, kill them, and, and get away with it. Well, I think that uh, for one thing, I do think uh, there is real treatment. It should be shorter. I don't think people need to go to sober living. I think they should be, I don't, I, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think they need to go away. Like I watched a lot of heroin addicts back in the day in the 70s, and nobody needed to go live in a fucking sober living house. Um, people uh, wound up rooming with each other or sharing houses with each other that were very cheap and inexpensive, and uh, they went to NA meetings together. And then they get on with their lives because back in the 70s, it was all about that nobody was called disabled. Nobody considered themselves disabled because they weren't, right. and that they they were taught to uh, you know really get involved in life, not sit in meetings uh, 24 mm. hours a day. You know, and I think that there's a lot here. I mean, I, I, I hope we can, you know, cover a lot because I gave us a whole hour. But I do think that there's a lot of problems with this. One of them is that, like, there, so the FBI is investigating. Let's talk about the facts, like, if you break codes. Like, we just had a situation here up on Montana, 
all right? Where now in Santa Monica, they're sneaking in these sober livings, or it's not sneaking them in, but they're in these mansions. And you have people paying $8,000, $1,000 a day to live in a sober living where they're being treated like children, and they're being told what to do, and hiding in the bathroom to, you know, listen to my podcast or whatever is going on there, right? <laughs> well, what happened is there there was a, um, what do you call it, when you break, not a break-in, but um, a, a home invasion where uh, two guys went, they stabbed the young kid who opened the door. This is above Montana in million-dollar homes, which is a very beautiful, safe area. I go there all the time for a coffee or whatever. And uh, then the father came running. They stabbed him. Now, let's, then you know how you have the online stuff where people are talking about what's going on in their neighborhood. So everybody was like, oh, la, la, la. So Karen said, you know, you write, go ahead, write in it. I, so I wrote in there, and I said, I'm Monica, whatever, and, you know, I have this film. And I'm telling you, this is related to that sober living. Well, long story mm. short, the police and the city council are fucking lying to that neighborhood. I know for a fact, because the source called me. The source, I mean, emailed me. And mm. when they saw what I said, then I had a couple people contact me through my email. And you have, now, they closed it down. It's gone, because uh, we don't have to get into why. But it is really outrageous that, I mean, this is Santa Monica, Right. Right, right. Well, okay. So this thing is so big and so bad. And talk about, I mean, I don't want it in my, my, I don't think it should be in my neighborhood, to be honest. I think that it places real rehab. And I know there's a few that are non-12-step. I know a couple of, we have Tom Horvath's place, Practical Recovery, that's in San Diego. Um, There's a really expensive one. You know what I mean? There's a few of them. There's 5%. It's probably less than 5% are completely non-12-step. But it belongs in a commercial area like a clinic and this whole thing about so somebody explained to me and i'm going to say this because we're talking about this that sober living what they'll even do is say okay you don't have to pay any rent so but we're going to charge your iop we're going to charge your insurance for this right, IOP that right, we're connected right. to where we're going to send you and they mm-hmm. all own this like they know this game and the kickbacks are five to seven thousand dollars a person oh, per yeah. body which mm, is illegal yeah, the body right the body brokering, right. and that if you if, of the 800 number that you call, and then you know all this other stuff. Now I want to get the name of what is that place that's um, up in Lake Arrowhead? What's oh, the name above of that place the law. That, I mean, above it all. Uh, above it all. Is called that, above is that it all? And yeah, is it, yeah, they're still up and running. All, right? Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they're still up and running. And um, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that you know. If, Here's the problem, is that eventually the FBI will finally step in and, and, and take them down mm-hmm. because a lot mm-hmm. like what happened with the other facility called Sovereign, people were coming to me, and I was you know, gathering data and sending all my information and my reports and starting parallel processes, and it was just like crickets. So I decided, yeah, you know oh. what, I'm going to start video oh. recording people, and so they couldn't look away. And so based on those video interviews uh, you know, the, and, and, and the exposure, which is really what it's all about now, now, like the Orange County Register, they put a bit of big story about Sovereign, yep. and the next week they, they got raided. Yes. Yeah, right. but they're still operating because the state hasn't yanked their license, which is a big problem. The state should have yanked their license. Yeah, why license. hasn't the state yanked their license? Why hasn't the Willful state yanked their license? Willful. You know what? I, I hear, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. And, you know, the truth is it's a pay-to-play state, and the truth is, is that I, in my opinion – think that there is some um, potential looking the other way, collusion, perhaps. I don't know. Mm-hmm, All mm-hmm. I can tell you is that <clears throat> there are certain things that will come out soon 
um, as, as, as it all unfolds. You're going to find out exactly why these big, giant yeah. places, I mean, they make millions and millions of dollars, okay? So you've got to just, you know, use your imagination and, you know, but here's the thing, you know, you yeah. as a parent, you're entrusting your loved one to a place where you're sold, yeah, all of these, these slick lies. Now, in the beginning, and this is what shocked me over the years, sober living was sober living. You paid your money, mm-hmm. and that was that. But, you you know, granted, you're holding – now, this is where my issue is. You're holding yourself out as a lot more than a landlord, seriously. So mm-hmm. there should be certain, you know, additional fail-safes in place, which is where Jared's Law was born out of. If you're going to hold yourself out as a drug-free environment, then you better um, hire a narcotic-sniffing dog to come sweep twice a, a month. If you are involved with taking care of vulnerable addicts who are gathering together at the same place, trust me, the first thing they do is exchange each other's connects. They're all, you know, you're, you're putting drug addicts together in, in, in the same environment. So guess what? You better have Narcan on the premises. You better have uh-huh. some fail-safes put in place. There are none. It's the wild, wild west. And it used to be it was just, you know, you paid your 300 to 600 a month. Now you're right. Sober living is getting paid for because they hook up with their IOPs, which is, again, these guys are so stupid. They don't realize all the federal laws that they're breaking, which is why they're all going to go to and they're going to go to jail like Kenny Chapman did in Florida for his insurance fraud and his inappropriate yeah, sexual relationships. With yeah, that's, a big I mean, that's 27 years. Yeah, that's it. so. Um, you know, uh, the code enforcement. There's a couple of there's a guy on Facebook that uh, I have a bunch of Facebook groups, right? And people come in to try to help those of us that are trying to actually, you know, to do something, right? And um, so he's saying that he knows that for a, he for a fact, okay, this fact or not, I don't know, that the majority of them do not keep up on the basic uh, two licenses that they need, like. Um, so it is a it's a house, right? And they're under this new. And this is oh, this is just California because I have spoken. Florida just changed the law, and they yeah, they're getting tougher. And oh, okay, this is the one I want to talk to. That I think is really powerful. So uh, yeah. San Clemente, I think it is San Clemente. They've just put a yeah. moratorium on um, any sober living, and I loved this part. If this is what they've been doing, right? Throwing so somebody has a lapse or they use drugs, right? Um, that they have this lapse or relapse, whatever you want to call it. And they throw them out in the street, and then they're going to use drugs, and they're going to become the most vulnerable of the vulnerable, right? So they made a law that you cannot throw them out. You can't keep their deposit. You have to send them back home, or you have to find them another place to live because then you're not, you, you know what I mean? I thought, wow, that was really good. Well, I know. Good. In and fact, it's, it's ridiculous, uh, Monica, that some, yeah. some moratorium had to be created because guess what? Uh, that's client abandonment, and that counselor, that right. therapist, that doctor who, after the ther- you know, the, the 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 you know insurance ran out, or like in Florida when they had the hurricane, they just kicked everybody out on the street. It's client abandonment, and again, they're the ones with their licenses on the line. But if you're making you know six hundred and fifty thousand a year, um, you know you're and you know in, in California. This is why there's lots of them in California. The yeah, micro so. law. You can't sue a doctor even if you, you know, he kills you on the table for more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So it's it's. But now, trust me, when you when it's full blown negligence, then it's a whole different situation. But you know, you said something earlier, and and what's the answer? Well, guess what? I believe that um, what we're doing now isn't working. We're sending our, you know, people who really need drug, you know, we're nonviolent, you know, drug offenders yeah. or drug offenders are going and putting, being, you know, put into an AA program, which is becoming more and more and more dangerous. But here's what I don't understand. We've got 
I can't even tell you. I looked the other day. Hundreds of military bases all over the United States just collecting dust. Why isn't treatment free? Why are we profiting off the backs of these people? Why did the insurance company who hooked up with the pharmaceutical company get together and say, you know what, because of it's now, because of the Mental Health Parity Act, and we have to cover treatment, we now have to set up a system whereby, A, it has to be a mandatory AA program, A. B, which is ridiculous, B, you have to be duly diagnosed, meaning you've got to come in and you've got to be diagnosed with this, that, and the other so they can put you on 15 meds. Now, what happens when they abandon you? They abandon you and your medical regime, which now throws you back into a need for something, especially if they gave you Suboxone, which is what they give everybody. You're going to go right to heroin, right, right, right away. So, um, you know, it's gaslighting, you know. Uh, uh, you know, these people are told it's their fault, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you're telling them they're, they're broken. all broken. They go and they're broken. You're, you know, and you know, I, I think that the interesting other part, though, that I, uh, I feel like there's a missing piece here, but maybe it's corruption. So um, the health insurance, when I was told by one of my, you know, insider friends who also left AA, who was like doing all this work, said, "Oh, don't worry about it, Monica. Like the insurance companies are onto it." So when Obamacare kicks mm-hmm. in. And it's going to be, um, you have to have uh, evidence-based, you know, they're not going to pay for AA treatment. Well, that's not what happened. In fact, super living went fucking crazy as that thing. It grew exponentially, and they started making, that's where this, if I did a chart, like if we wind up getting a series and we do this thing, it's going to be like if we do a chart when the Obamacare kicked in for that, when the mental health, you know, whatever you call it, Parity Act, or, and, and that the insurance companies were forced to pay over. Like you couldn't say, okay, you got three times, three times in rehab. If you don't get it, then then uh, figure it out. You know what I mean? Like if this is not working, that means well, what's well, broken? If I went over and over, you know, uh, well, I don't want to go off on that tangent because the cancer, there's some real problems too there with fixing, you know, something. But um, well, you know, it used why? to be that way in drug court. One, two, three. They gave you one, two, three. Do you know how many drug courts there are now in the Southern California area? Two. One at the airport, one in downtown L.A. So drug courts sort of went out the window, and our new administration decided, I think, you know, they're all about the money. This is interesting when you think about the fact that, you know, the first step is they're going to get, you know, court-ordered into AA, which is, guess Mm -hmm. what, where you're going to find all your drugs, you know, drug dealers in the parking lot. So eventually you're going to probably be incarcerated. Now, the way that it looks like to me that um, the government's going to get into the treatment industry because if they can house you Mm -hmm. and if they can build your insurance, and, you know, it is a money-making operation. But hold on a minute, because I just found this out by, like, digging, you know, so Karen and I are really talking about the diversion program, right? So we're really upset about sober living and the rehab we want to expose. But listen to this. So I actually, I I spoke at this crazy meeting because somebody asked me to do it because they had seen my film. So I go to Silver Lake, I speak at this meeting, and their guy in there is talking about his diversion program, how he didn't have to go to prison. And then I started to dig just this past week getting ready to interview you, and we realized but if you don't go, oh, my God, this is so fucked up in so many levels. If you don't go, you get a lawyer who says, oh, he's got a drug problem. He needs to go to diversion program. And they're now using sober living as diversion program. And guess who's fucking paying for that? Not him. We all are. And this whole oh, yeah, thing, we, you know, everybody's talking about our, but, but that Obamacare is going crazy. Right, right, right. But the, the worst part is that not only are we paying for it, but these motherfucker two-hatter AA people are now becoming millionaires. 
off of mm, billionaires. Us. And the billionaires build 20, 20 million a year, like the guy Chris Batham. Now some of them are in AA people, but ninety eight percent of them are. You know what I mean? Right, like ninety eight percent of them are AA. Yeah, well, the members, guys that I'm investigating. Know have not been. And you know what the problem is, is that, you know, society holds doctors on a pedestal and they couldn't think that their doctor is a drug dealer. So trying to convince your average American that your doctor is not a savior and is, you know, in a white coat is a challenging thing. You know, it's something that society believes, well, oh, they're going to be treated by a doctor when, you know, these are doctor evils. And, and, uh, you know, so, and, and, and what are they doing? What are they doing? They're prescribing you 15 meds. And they're sending you to AA meetings. And then they, 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 they corral you in, and it's like, again, like a pill mill doctor. You get your 3.5 minutes with that therapist who then writes down that they saw you for an hour and bills you like you wouldn't believe, $800. And then, you know, insurance company. Um, and, and you know what I discovered about it when I was getting involved with the fraud and, and, the, the, and, and hearing about it with uh, Above It All? And how Blue Cross, you know, they, they, you know they, he was on their radar and how he, they, they suspected and alleged that he had committed some kind of a insurance uh, fraud right. with the laboratory oh, yeah. tests, you know. Right. But th- this is, mind you, the same man who had his own the same, his lab and has been sued as a result of giving himself 30000 in kickbacks. Now, I call them and I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do, right? And they're like, yeah. well, Wendy, mm, all we could do is build them back. I'm like, what? You know, so all throughout this time, I've been, you know, not only do I inform the state, but I tell Blue Cross, I'm like, you know what, I'm putting on notice. Again, one of your insurers has died. And I know that, you know, their hands that's also. That's a crime. That's a civil crime. It's insurance fraud. That's jail. Well, it is, which is why I need to get the insurance companies on or the insurance commissioners from each and every state because there's some issues that we've got to close loopholes. If you come from another state, you're eligible to go, and that's the thing. People are told, you call up, you have a problem, and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to sponsor you in. So how does this happen? So they get sponsored in, which means they don't have to pay, and they get, they get not only flown in, they get, they get like money. What does that mean? sponsor. What the fuck does it's that mean? It's a lie. It right. means that so they're on, convincing you that you're coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and then you sit down and you're all loaded and uh, because, you know, you're in detox, you're all loaded, and they sign, you sign all these papers. Well, one of those papers is that you're signing up for insurance. And this guy over here in town, he actually, you know, and it's funny because that's what I started getting from all of these ex-employees. They're calling California Wendy. Care. Um, California Care yeah. is what's doing that. Mm-hmm. It is. But they're also, mm-hmm. it, starts, it starts like this because I was getting these same calls. They're like, Wendy, this is very strange. We're getting these patients from Tennessee, and they all come from the same address. I'm like, what? And, and so I did some digging, and here's the story. Uh, these guys are getting picked up. They're homeless um, on the streets of Tennessee. And that mm-hmm. homeless advocate, body brokers them to a guy by the name of Richard S. Richard S. goes ahead and says, here, stay here for 30 days. I'm a sign for uh, Humana of all insurance companies, which I got to give them a shout out because they took serious action immediately once I did substantiate this from the guys themselves. So Humana. then they're told after 30 days they're going to be going to a place up here on the mountain. And, then, and the owner, who's named Richard, he opens up a drawer and he goes, okay, what drugs do you want to relapse on because you've got to go in dirty? And so from there, they're body brokered on over to the guy up on the mountain here. And then from there, they get body brokered down to the beach. So what do you have? You've got, I don't know, hundreds of, of guys from Tennessee with all the same address. And they're now all on the beach in Laguna. I mean, where are they going to get a job? Oh They're, like, God. calling me stranded, 
Um, and, and talking oh. about stranded and abandonment, it's one of the reasons that I had to put, uh, uh, put a, a, a national hotline together, which is 866-40-REPORT. And why did I do that? Because this Wait, guy is on say the that mountain. Again. Say that again, Wendy, slower. Say that again. Slower. It's um, 866-40-REPORT, which is uh, 866-407-3767. It was set up because this jerk up on the mountain were, was kicking people out. And was they were told, uh, you can walk down this 16-mile mountain when it's snowing and the weather is horrible and these people are from, of course, back east. They don't know where they are and they don't get their phone or their possessions and so they're stranded. Um, and that has happened a lot with this other facility in Orange County, Sovereign. So they can call that number 24-7 and they can uh, press zero and they can get me 24-7 and I will do whatever is necessary to get them to a safe place. Um wow. But you could also call that number to report fraud and abuse. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a way of of getting what is necessary. For example, the state doesn't post on their website um, any information about facilities. Well, uh, so I'm spending a lot of time getting uh, oh. all the records through public records, and I'll post them on my site so you can see because you can't look at Yelp anymore. You can't rely on on these bullshit lies, and now you're going to see something very, very interesting. Be, be ready for it because about a week or two ago, Google, um, they uh, realized that yeah, the, I heard about there was a monopoly on the, yeah. on the AdWords. Yeah, so now what right. they're doing, and I'm getting, you know, is people are now going to go local with advertising. and But, again, you've got to be very careful. There is an element um, in between the treatment facility and you is a, a body broker. And, and we're talking full-blown human trafficking, as I just sort of illustrated before. But we're talking, depending upon what kind of insurance you have, anywhere from five to $10,000 for that referral. Now, that's illegal. And 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 but but the problem is is that um, lax you know oversight is so lax that people you know they get emboldened. It's like any person that gets a taste of greed. Um, it, it's it's almost like they can't they can't go back. They can't go Let me back. Ask you this: When you were talking about um, Laguna, um, it's a real city. I'm looking here on their website. Um, they have a city council. Um, I, we know that because um, we are, I mean, so I, I would think that you are, but certainly Karen and I are, you know, getting every story about any city, uh, you know, that, what's going on. In the Gluna, I think, I'm sorry, is really bad, right? Is this the city where, oh, yeah. is this oh, yeah. the city where they wanted to um, stop smoking on the sidewalks everywhere? Oh, yeah. Like to make it illegal. And the reason that is, I think, is because they want those sober living out of there. Like that's because they all smoke. All the uh, the people with the substance issues are known, especially when they're sent to AA, all start smoking. But have you ever have you contacted the mayor of some of these cities where they're, they're linking it to where uh, above it all is? Uh, yeah, mayor, schmears, congressman, schmongressman. Uh, okay, you know, I can tell you over the last ten no, years. Well, it's, Tell me, tell me where have you well, gone? Well, you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, 
uh, over the last 10 years, I've seen bills, you know, go through, they've been passed, and then they get vetoed, or they get passed through, mm-hmm. and then there's no appropriations. So, you know, it really does take a lot. Um, I can tell you that there's a, you know, a wonderful man by the name of David Siegel, and he lost his daughter, Victoria, to an overdose, and she had just come back from treatment, which is unfortunately a big thing, and as a result mm-hmm. of it, and he's a very wealthy, you know, man, and he has put together Victoria's Voice, and he, you know, with his power and money, he too was able to go to Florida, because that's where he lives, mm-hmm. and push something through that had been sitting there for three years, it gets passed by the House, it gets passed by the Senate, and then it just sits there because there's no appropriations, and so in Florida, why okay. is, well, this in was Florida, uh-huh. Right. Okay. And and we have to ask ourselves, well, why is that? And I've really discovered some things that, you know, mm-hmm. is why is our our system set up in the way that it is? Um because it doesn't appear as if our current administration um is willing to really step up and do what is required, which is number one, call it what it is. I mean, it is a pandemic. And I'm going to give you some stats, and I know that stats are never fun. But, you know, if we, we know we're in a t- – this is a tense time. If we were told, you know, get ready for the uh, attack from North Korea or get ready for an earthquake, um, we would all mobilize, right? Okay. Well, 50,000 people died last year, and, and that's, our, that's our future generation. Mm-hmm, there are mm-hmm. songs that will never be sang. There, 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 are, there are books that will never be read as a result of this. There, there's going to be cancer cures that are never going to be, be, be made because these, our generation is, is dying. And I want to put it into perspective. If you look at it in terms of 350 a day, which is one every 4.1 minutes, which is 127,750 deaths per year, I want you to think about 9-11. And and how many people died in that? You know that you know it was it was terrible. Two thousand nine hundred ninety six were killed. But but with those numbers that I just quoted you, that's forty two nine elevens every per year. If we had forty two nine elevens every year, we'd have a problem. If we had two seven twenty seven planes crashing on American soil every day, we as a nation would probably go, wow, that's a problem. But we're not seeing it like that. We're not seeing it like that. And because, you know, most times people think of addicts as people who live under the bridge when, in fact, the more money that, you know, the kid has or has access to, the better the odds that they're going to be the first ones to die. And and here's the thing. They don't have to die. This is not terminal cancer. It can right. be ended, okay? And, right, and you right. know, yes, it can be stopped. We, we have, don't have to be told they're broken and that they're diseased no. or that they have this brain, whatever, which they don't have. Now, the thing that I, I, I think is important, and, it, you know, this would take some time and research to see it, but I, mm-hmm. with everybody talking about it, it was not, it was an opiate problem, and then, you know, it has the, the escalating in the words that we're using for it and the amount of deaths. But it also has gone up exponentially along with the growth of sober living. And oh, yeah. for me, this whole and the the whole thing with the fraud with the sober living and the rehabs and the you know do it again like when the one other woman you know that said that she's known people that have gone through like 20 30 times I was like so shocked because I've heard like at the most you know people one on one with me like 8 9 times and I was like that's insane why would you go back into treatment that there, our culture is so brainwashed about that you need to go away and, you know, go away why, you know, and where why. But, but, but the right. point is that we have to show 
how the opiate deaths have gone up. Who's dying? You know, um, are mm. they all, you know, the, from 18 to 25, you know, or, or, you know, we have a sprinkling who die, you know. But, but the, I just looked at a death report. Yeah. What's that, Tweeny? What was it? What did I, you say? I just said I looked at a death report today, and, and, and we're looking at the ages of 18 to 54. I mean, it takes a whole swath of people out. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and here's the issue for me is that, you know, part of my platform is, is Naxalon, and it should be everywhere. Everyone should have yeah. it in their medicine cabinet. Um, mm-hmm. It's 100% safe. It's FDA approved. And here's the thing. We, uh, diabetics carry around insulin. Heart right. patients carry around nitroglycerin. Food allergies, you have EpiPens. So, you know, yeah, I, 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 you know, there are pros and cons to it. But here's the thing. Relapse is a part of recovery. And guess what? This is a very life-saving you know, one breath from death um, antidote mm-hmm. that you right. can, you know, squirt in somebody's nose. And here's the other problem with it, though. Because everyone needs this, this, this uh, product at their disposal, it costs 60 cents, but it's being sold for $37.50, and you've got to buy a two-pack. Now, there's something Whoa. wrong with that picture. Again, we are Whoa. popping off the back of vulnerable cents. in a new way. Wow, yeah. 60 cents. 60 cents. So it's going to, you know, I'm counting on people like David Siegel, who has put it out there. Um, You know, he has spoken in Washington. He has the ability to go capture it for 60 cents and bring it on in. And we need to get behind people that have, unfortunately, it is. It's who you know. And um, I, I want I want California to wake up. I'd like to see the Department of Treatment and Sober Living. And maybe now with Tom Price gone, we can find somebody who can understand that this is a health and human service issue. This is, you know, it's more than just a, you know, an industry situation or a bad episode of, you know, American greed. But it really has become an absolute pandemic. And when there is an administration that hasn't even come up with a plan yet, that's offensive right. to my sensibilities. When people are actually, you know, here's the thing. I, I know that um, they're going to go down. And I'll tell you how they're going to go down. They're mm-hmm. going to go down because of the RICO statute. Because here's the thing. I did some mm-hmm. research, and RICO stands for Racketeering Influence Corruption and Organization Act. Now, when you go after a federal, you know, organized crime or, or federal case, making a federal case, um, you know, you've got to take down the whole gang. And so in these situations, the way that they're all set up, it's perfect because there's certain elements that you need to tick off. And one of them is that you have to violate the Controlled Substance Act. And they do that by not having the doctor sit across from them and explain the side effects. They cross state lines by, you know, the virtue of the lying over, the wire fraud, the insurance fraud. And I think that, you know, the bigger... And the biggest issue is the fact that, um, you know, again, people being lied to um, and getting here and and being falsely imprisoned. I mean, I've had to, like, drop into the Google Hangout app. I've had to go in in, in Arizona. This These two gals wanted out, but they wanted their stuff, their phone, their meds. They weren't going to get it. So I just dropped myself into the phone, and we all walked into the living room or the, the kitchen. And I'm like, look, here's the deal. You've got about five seconds, or I'm going to hang up the phone and call the police and, you know, mm-hmm. for false imprisonment. And, oh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, there it is. But, again, I just believe, you know, with all of my heart that um, what's happening in our administration is they are not 
taking it seriously enough to create what is necessary. And what's necessary is they need to really understand that they need to come up with a better plan with what they've got because they don't have a plan right now. And what did they say recently? They they go, all right, we'll give it 90 days. Well, guess what? Every In that 90 days, do you know how many people are dying? So it bothers me that, you know, it's 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 not looked upon. And, and, and it's sort of the way it is it, it, until it affects your family. And every 4.1 minutes, it will. So I just so really what, believe. So the death report that you're getting, sorry, interrupt, the, the death mm-hmm. report that you were looking at today, um, right. Can you tell me more about this? Could you send it to me? But can you explain, like, where is it from? Is it this last year? Is it 2016? Yeah, it was a fairly new one. Let me see if I can open it up again on my computer. Because, you know, I think you know who posted it. It was Shira. She had it on her Facebook page. So I'll have to go oh, ahead. Oh, okay. I, I did email it to myself. So I will look at it right this second. I can do that. Yeah, um, so, no, and... and but um it's okay yeah the people uh are they dying from oh i guess the question i have is that you were saying that if someone were to die in sober living then they're not counted in this number no it's not and so why you know because if they're not licensed then again the state has no real ability i just was looking at all these reports of all the people that but they're you know they're still dying i mean they're still dying they're they're a death certificate and what can they do they they go send them a letter. Well, and because then you can put, show how bad sober living is. See, they right. don't want you and, to know. You know. Oh yeah. Well, that's they, exactly they, what I'm doing. Is yeah. is is trying to trying to you know um, open up this world um, to the fact that you know we have to all be on the same page. We need the we need mm-hmm. the Department of Treatment and Sober Living. Here's the deal. I went to the state and I'm like, look, here's the deal. Um, I don't understand why it is that a person, a, D, a, a truck driver, if he gets a DUI, he loses his licenses and livelihood. If I'm a mortgage mm-hmm. broker, real estate broker, and I screw you over, I lose my livelihood. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you need a license and you need blood tests to be a masseuse. You need right. a license yeah, from yeah. the city from to cut somebody's toenails and, and trim my dog's hair. But you right. need nothing. Right. And that's a problem for me because right, that right. So mean... I think that's a good one, though. I think to use the nail place, you know, yeah. something as simple as the nail place, um, and to right. see what that is, and also the the laws that um, and the, the woman who was here the day of filming was saying the laws in Florida are really good that they just passed, and she right. said that she thinks they're going to try to make them as federal. Federal law that really mm-hmm. were, were some good things of oversight, and this is at sober living, uh, which is right. a big problem there. You know, uh, we have like three minutes to wrap it up. Uh, I will, and I'm going to give somebody a little tip from the wise here for the, the last three minutes. Okay, if you've got a neighbor, if you've got a facility in your neighborhood, you're not real sure about it. Okay, contact the state, ask for a PRA request. Okay, get an address and send it on in. And if it's not a licensed place, we'll send you a letter saying, you know, we're going to send a cease and desist or whatever. But here's what you should know, is that you should contact your local realtor and get a property profile. If that person has a loan on that property, guess what? That person signed something that said that they weren't going to be turning their property into a meth lab or detox. Mm. So you can actually contact the lender and say, hey, guess what? You got some liability there. And I've, I've noticed that that works in, in many cases mm-hmm. because, you know, but wow. here's the deal. I'll take down this one. I'll take down that one. Uh, but somebody else will come in and take its place, which is why, you know, I sort of have become 
the Erin Brockovich of the treatment industry, which is, um, right. and I just absolutely love and admire her. So um, I just know that, and one of these days we will get together because this is as bad, if not worse, than than bad water or poisoning poison water. We're poisoning. And, 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 you know, it's not just the poisoning part of it. It's the major money that's made off of it. So yes. I plan on, on uh, working with the FBI to see this through um, because I'm no longer interested in just being a data collector. Well, I want to thank you so much, everybody. We were talking to Wendy McIntyre, and that's with an E, um, of Jared's Law. Please go on to Jared's Law. Please go on to her Facebook page and follow her and like her. And I um, really appreciate it. Wendy, we will get together. Oh, thank you so much. In the Skype world, uh, or more than that, but um, thank you so yes. much, and let's we'll have you on again. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it, Monica. I love you. Love you too. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.